And welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And we started a new K drama. We started her private life this week. Yes, and it's good. I like it. I like it so much. I'm excited to be recording because I can't wait to watch the next four episodes. Right. And that's actually what I'm, it's one of those days. That's my plan after this. (laughs) To just watch more episodes. Yep. Should I get something done? Yes. Will I? No, no, no. I'm gonna read a (laughs) K-drama. It's like reading, except (laughs) there's not much editing. Mm -mm. Not to slam the beautiful editors and translators who work so hard to bring these dramas to us. Right? I, so far I've, like, I've really enjoyed the uh, translation on these on this particular K-drama. It's just it's already a fun K-drama, but also I think this one's pretty exceptional in how often it's made me laugh out loud. <gasps> yes. It's been a while, I think, since we watched one that is this consistently funny. Yeah, it's consistently funny and consistently cringy. Mm-hmm. I like that they're sticking with what they know. And they're very good at it. Yeah, they are going hard with the cringe humor, which I usually hate, but... I usually hate, too! Yeah, I don't know if it's the type of cringe that they're executing that I think is really good. Like, it's not gross cringe. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's very good. Yeah, I can stand it. I hide my face in my hands sometimes when I'm watching, but I still (laughs) love it. I love this drama. (laughs) I have, like, four complaints listed. They're so small, so <laughs> subtle. But my number one thing, Raquel, is our female lead, uh, Sung Duk Mi. Her haircut drives me crazy. It is a lot. Is it a mullet to you <laughs> as much as it is to me? It is mullet adjacent. It's obviously very long, but it's. I think it's not the actual haircut. I think it's the way it's styled is very... It's almost too placed. It feels, oh, this is going to sound way meaner than I mean it, because she is stunning. She's gorgeous. She's stunning. It does look like a wig sometimes. Okay, maybe it is. Maybe it is. For me, it looks like she has some sort of uh, layered lob, Mm. like, it's supposed to end at, like, her collarbone because a lot of the layers do. And then she's got, like, long bangs in the front. And then there's just, like, this back section that's just so long all the way down her back. That's, like, most of the length of her hair. Totally cool with all of those separately. But it feels like together they're just really weird yeah yeah it's rough and also i don't know like you said the components of it are super super pretty like every her hair is beautiful it's shiny it's it's gorgeous but yeah just those details layered on top of each other it almost you know what kind of reminds me of in uh middle school when all of the emo 
girls. I was one of them, so do not think I'm dragging you right now, girls who went through an emo phase, or girls who are still in an emo phase. I support you. I'm (laughs) with you. I was there. But it reminds me of when they would get extensions underneath (gasps) their, like, chunky layers, and it looked wild. That's what it is! But it's weird. Yeah, it's clearly her hair. Or I guess a wig, maybe. It's clearly <laughs> her hair, though, because there's not layers covering the length in the back. Mm-hmm. So it's just the front and the sides are very short compared to how long the back is. And when it's curled, it looks gorgeous. When it's up, it looks gorgeous. It's just every so often when she's usually at home and it's mostly straight that it just looks crazy to me (laughs) like no one else could pull off this weird haircut but she's doing great she's doing great she's gorgeous Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. during the scenes that they were taking pictures in that last episode uh i was i mean obviously when watching k-dramas frequently stunned by how beautiful the people are it is just a part of k-dramas that they are exceptionally beautiful people but there were a couple of times where her picture was taken and it would do like a still of her with her picture having been taken and I was like, damn, she is so pretty. She's so pretty. It hurts my feelings. (laughs) How are there so many people, so many beautiful women in Korea? They're everywhere. They're everywhere. (laughs) Koreans are like, thank you, no. That's uh, not what it's like. We're, We're all people. We're all normal. We've got a range here. Um... Yeah, she is just stunning. Um, So yeah, give her a weird haircut. Who cares? (laughs) I really like the animations and the sound effects in this show. Oh, they're so good. It's very good sound editing. They're on brand with what this show is trying to do. And I appreciate the, I don't know, the quality. Yes, I like that whenever she's in the virtual world, there's a complete cut from reality where it is her physically standing in the virtual world in her mind but also (laughs) physically because k-drama magic and it's such a good detail i've never seen anything like that and it's so creative and fun and they always make it weird like putting lion makeup on ryan gold and (laughs) i just i'm so here for it it's so good it's so fun it's so good i loved when and I guess it's not really related, but when she was at Xi'an's apartment and she keeps zoning out and outside she's Godzilla destroying the city. <laughs> the best. That was amazing. What's the point? I, it's just <laughs> to show that she's freaking out inside, I assume. Yeah. And I love it. Uh, it's like she knows she's a monster. <laughs> and... She doesn't care because she's just delighted and she will tear the city down. It's so good. I can relate to that. Right? Relatable. <laughs> oh. I honestly am surprised at how much I love her fangirling because I thought it would make me really uncomfortable, but I actually think she's a delight. I do. It. I... I will say that in the first, like, two episodes, I was not as on board with it, but they sold me. She's adorable. She can do whatever she wants. She has a good separation where I think you and I like to pretend we also have that. Hopefully we do. (laughs) We try, but I... eh, Sometimes... 
<laughs> but like the real person versus fangirl personas are pretty distinct, but not so distinct that it's like she's not good at acting. I don't know. It's clearly the same person. Right. Um, but I like that she's not crazy. Yeah. She's not a maniac at work that can't do her job right when she's around this person that she's fanned over for years. They made her a strong, independent woman who's good at her job, and also a strong, independent woman who is a huge fangirl, and I love it. That's all we wanted. Yes. It's always felt like too much to ask, but here it is, and it's lovely. We've got it. I, that is something that it does feel like it's too much to ask, because I do feel like it could. it's so easily taken in the direction of reductive of what people enjoy. Like, like it could be a flaw that she has, but instead they're like, no, it's not a flaw. It's just part of her private life. And then there it is, the title. <laughs> That's not the proper use of that sound effect. <laughs> it's okay. We have good sound editing too, people. <laughs> yeah, I really like it. I really like the writing of this show as a whole. I think it's very clever and has some good representation. Like the misunderstandings with Ryan Gold thinking that Dokmi is gay is so well done. Right? Because instead of it being something that he is, I don't know, bothered by, it's something that he is trying to... What I view it as, and I, I think it's the right thing, I hope they don't come around and disappoint me but what I view it as is he's protecting her privacy and trying to support her in that like trying to support her through protecting her privacy versus him hiding it because he or because I don't know he's worried it's a bad thing but I don't think that's the case I think that they've handled it well enough that it comes across as him wanting her to feel safe by protecting her privacy which is awesome, and it's the best way to handle this kind of misunderstanding. It's very good. And just the, the way that the misunderstanding was construed, I think, is was very funny, very consistent, and I just loved it. At this point, I gotta say, at, at episode four, I don't actually know what's happening in his mind, because he sees Sunju with her family in the cafe and he seems so conflicted and for a second I was like okay he gets it he finally realizes that they're girlfriends in the just friends sense of the word but then he keeps thinking that they're dating and I'm like do you think Sunju has a family and a girlfriend because that's totally totally something that happens <laughs> is it common right. common enough that you wouldn't be like, oh, I was wrong. Right. Insta or at least question and be, I don't know, more interested in the dynamic. I don't know, maybe he's like, it's not my business what she does. I guess, but... yeah, that's the approach they're taking to his character. It just seems so weird. What is going on in his head? He's seen so many things. How, what's happening? <laughs> what is happening? I don't know, but I like it. He's a very supportive guy. Yeah, I support your support. Ryan Gold. Well done. And I also I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, Ryan Gold. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I like that representation. There is one representation that I don't like, which is representation of disabled people. I assume you would say if someone was disabled, you would say 
someone who's mute is disabled. Why is her dad a nothing character? Right. I don't get it. I feel like... Okay, so I started watching Airs at the same time this weekend as we started this show. And they also have a mute character in that show. And it's a mom. She's a housekeeper. Every time that the rich lady who she housekeeps for yells at her, she writes on a notepad her response. And obviously, usually it's just like, oh, I'm sorry, I'll take care of that. But she has a character. She's got wisdom for this lady. She's got wisdom for her kids. She's got opinions and things going on. Mm. So it's weird, I guess, to have this side-by-side, this juxtaposition of these two shows having these mute characters. And I assume her dad's mute. It seems like it so far. I'm, I did wonder, because I hadn't thought about it as him being mute. I, I guess I just, wow, I'm really glad you're here to point this out, because now I'm frustrated that I didn't catch on to that. But, like, I'll admit it, I was wrong, because now I am starting to think there's no reason to not think that his character is mute. And it is a poor representation of, of someone who's mute, if that is the case, because it's treated as comedy, which is rough. Yeah, but not- yeah! He's not even a person, he just sits in the corner and cleans rocks and gets yelled at, and it's weird. I- I don't know. I guess if he's not mute, it would make more sense, because he would- I don't know. But it's- it's like, how did they fall in love? Uh, if he was mute, you gotta assume there's something to him. Or there's something that she- loves about him yeah but for some reason it's uh, gone now and he's just the guy that sits in the corner and cleans rocks and that's not i don't know fun i, don't, I just don't like when parents are out of love in k-dramas because that's too close to reality <laughs> it, it's too close to home <laughs> not in like a sad way um my parents are fine they're good friends but um <laughs> it's just boring i guess yeah, yeah, and it's, I don't know, it's hard. It it makes it harder to watch, because you don't... We're here for the love, and we don't want to believe that people just fall out of love, even if that's something that happens, or even if they aren't in love. They're... It's nice when there's some affection instead of just a really resentful marriage. It's hard to watch. Yeah, I that scene with the grandma was especially hard. I don't know if the grandma will come back. I kind of hope not, because I low-key hated her. Yeah, she was a rough character, too. It just didn't make sense to me as this lighthearted, fun comedy to be like, but she's also got troubles at home. You're like, oh, okay, we'll bring down the mood. Great. Love it. Great. Her mom's always angry at her dad, and her dad's a beaten-down, quiet man, and her grandma hates her daughter-in-law. That's cool. This is fun. What a good family. Stop ruining my good time. Right? We're the first thing we support here on this K-drama or on this podcast that is about K-dramas is friendship. The second thing we support is loving your mom and the third thing we support is family that loves each other. And uh I just I don't want to sacrifice any of those things. I put them in 1, 2 and 3, but actually they're pretty darn equal. We did have good friendships, though. That's probably what keeps us on board. They're pretty darn equal, but that order. Yeah. It really matters when you got such good friendships like this one and such a terrible family life. 
Because these friendships, oh my god, Raquel. They're so good. They're so good. There was a scene right after she meets Xi'an where she's in her best friend's cafe and her best friend and her best friend's husband and kid and then her quote-unquote brother and the employee are all there (laughs) acting out the scene with her. And I love it so much. It was so good. I can only hope that one day you and I will have something that we can act out for each other sitting quietly in a cafe. It's just too cute. Oh my god. Someday. That's the dream. And she goes to karaoke. Yes. With her brother and her best friend. And she's so sad and they use it to cheer her up and they have such a good time. They're so cute. The friendships in this show are real. I love it. I'm here for it. I love her friend that takes her places. Uh, The first moment I knew I was going to like this K-drama was a scene between her and her best friend uh, just after she finds out that her boss, boss's husband, I guess, but also her boss kind of, was embezzling money. And they're sitting and her friend, uh, she starts to describe what she loved about her job and she's crying and her friend also starts crying and that was such a moment for me i just i thought that was really beautiful because friends that empathize that much with each other and cry when the other friend cries like that's so i don't know that's so me when i see my friends cry i cry and i i'm not sorry and i'm gonna keep doing it forever yeah oh that was a cute scene perfect so good (laughs) um i don't know how to feel about the old female director. I say old not because she's old. She's not old. The former. Uh, the former director of the art gallery. What the hell is going on with her? I don't know. I don't even... That is one thing I also don't know how to feel about because every once in a while she does make me laugh. I like the cadence of her speech, I think, which is weird. I like her tiny bangs. Yeah, but... Uh... Those are comedy in themselves. But overall, she's a rough character to get on board with. Because she's a villain. Like, she's pretty clearly a villain. But she's not even that much of a villain. Just, uh, what are you doing here? Just get out. Right. I'm sure something will happen with it. But honestly, currently, I think the main villain is gearing up to be the other super fan. The creepy intern. Yeah, Cindy? Yeah, the creepy intern with the dead eyes. She doesn't. (laughs) It's just a very good actress. Dead eyes don't don't really exist. And if they do, I haven't seen them in real life. But (laughs) yeah, she's... She's good at pretending. Yes. She's good. I like Cindy. Yeah. She's... She's going to be a good villain. She got me spooked. <laughs> oh, I like, yeah, it's all oh. in the eyes. You know what else is kind of the real villain, though? What? Giving people a pass on their behavior just because you can see where they're coming from. Because I actually am still upset about those girls that physically attacked her in public. And she almost pressed charges. And then at the last minute, she's like, no, I've been where you are, you good girls. And I was like, "Uh uh-uh. No, they do actually have to have a consequence for what they did. And then the girls are like, oh, sorry. Uh, Thanks for telling us that you're not dating him. We're so sorry for what we did. But also, like, they weren't sorry for what they did. 
until they were assured yeah and i was i'm still very frustrated by that i know it's a k-drama but also i just think consequences are important yeah that's fair i didn't really think about it just let it pass but that's a good point yeah and i think it definitely obviously was more of a characterization for her and yeah who she is so i get the moment and how it played out and how it actually didn't devalue the K-drama, I guess, whatever. But, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I was very frustrated because I wanted them to at least be actually sorry for hurting another human being and not uh, sorry just because they got what they wanted out of the situation. Mm, that's a good point. Thanks. Bring in the good, bring in the good uh, completely tertiary points to the podcast. <laughs> Gonna be a good mom someday. <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> you got it. You're a dog mom. You're already a mom. I am a mom. I'm teaching him good values. Yeah, you have to teach him consequences because dogs don't understand uh, forgiving them yep. f- for nothing. <laughs> forgiving them without consequences. <laughs> they don't understand anything now. They're silly animals. Silly animals. What a what a boy. What a good boy. <laughs> Something that I also don't know how to feel about is Xian. I think his name is Cha Xian. I don't know. Xian as a person, as an individual, what is happening? What are we doing with this young man? He seems eh. Mm-hmm. Which I guess is just a product of him not being a real person, just being a character in a K drama that lives to serve the main characters. But he's just so meh. Yeah, I'm thinking they'll probably do more with him as time goes on, because they are obviously invested in him as more than just a plot device. Like they seem to be doing some character building. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what they're doing with him. And so I'm like, mm, I don't know, guys. Do we got? Do we got him? <laughs> like when he shows up at Ryan Gold's house, uh, super drunk. What purpose did that scene serve, except to make me suddenly question everyone who liked him? Yeah. Well, I I was more sad for him. I think that he's got that like. I think he's living the rough idol life. And I don't know. I think that having young girls that jump out in front of your van could drive anyone to alcoholism. That's fair. Um, Because people are, like, torturing... I mean, we were focused on what's her... uh, (laughs) Main character, who I almost called (laughs) (laughs) what's her face. (laughs) Whoa! Diakmi, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Diakmi. We're focused on, I guess, the fallout that she was experiencing, but... Mm -hmm. you don't think about the people that you just, I don't know, expect to be used to it. But it's gotta be rough to be, like, obsessed over. I wouldn't like it. I'm real glad I'm not an idol. That's fair. Uh, I so can handle the pressure. Yeah. And I don't think he is right now either. I think it's driving him to the drink, to the juice. As Raquel says. <laughs> As I say, commonly, obviously. <laughs> okay, okay. That's a good explanation. Poor young man. At least he's got his young Ryan Gold to take him in. I know, that's really cute. I'm, I guess, uh, besides it just being an odd, sad scene, it just seems like they're gonna get closer, and that's neat. Mm-hmm. Ryan Gold needs a little brother. He does. He needs a little brother and maybe a son, actually, because that scene with the kids was super cute. 
Super cute. I'm really excited. I'm not a huge, huge fan of um, sort of Freudian trauma in K-dramas, but I'm excited to see this whole, like, the paintings were done by his mom, and once he saw, once he collects them all, he will be set free. Like the Dragon Balls. Like the Dragon Balls. It's gonna be exciting. (laughs) It's going to be a great time. Ryan Gold on a journey to collect all these paintings. You got this, Ryan Gold. What's going to happen? But then I'll find her and she'll be a disappointment and he'll realize that he was the true painter all along. (laughs) Yay! Can't wait! Yes! What a good K-drama I've written. Gotta just put the middle in there so that he knows it was all about the journey and not the destination. Something that I was hoping that they would incorporate into the show that I, there's still definitely time because it was pretty clutch in the very last, in in episode four, uh, the last moment they had her uh, talk about her art, which I was a little bit worried that they wouldn't anymore, like that they had her be an artist just out of convenience and they weren't going to use it to build her character at all. But I like the idea of her having a passion other than uh, fangirling, like other passions. Yeah. And I also, uh, I just, I think it would be neat to see more about her love for art and I am hoping that they haven't finished with that. I'm hoping it wasn't we get a lion drawing out of her and that's all. Mm. I, along a similar vein, but not super related, was super touched, excited, proud of the writers for the scene between her and Ryan Gold in the art gallery where she says, like, I as a human am more valuable than these paintings could ever be. And you, like, he admits that that's kind of what made him stop painting in the first place, is that he lost sight of how valuable he was. And I just love that. I think that's really good writing, to show that a person finds someone else who can teach them something so inherent to what they need to hear. That's just good. It was It was an incredibly poignant moment. It was very beautiful. And also, like you said, that it was something that he needed to hear, but also I think that it is very common, I don't know, to feel concerned about what is real value and maybe like not valuing yourself as much as you should. And it was just a, like a beautiful theme to incorporate. And it, it was a very beautiful moment the way they did it. It was nice. You're right. That is, yes. What a good scene. Yeah, I just love a love story that's built on such a good foundation of, like, these two actually need each other, and they complement each other very well. They're not just both painters. Yeah. Eh? Yeah. Eh? They're both painters? Look at that. Painters Look love painters. That. We all know that. <laughs> um, so I'm excited. They also uh, have made them sudden cute. Sudden cute! And they're already in a quote-unquote contract relationship. Love a good fake relationship. Love a good fake relationship. They're doing a really good fake relationship, too. Sometimes either they are too short, like it's just a short fake relationship, and then all of a sudden it's a real relationship, and you're like, mm, okay. <laughs> um, you could have just started a relationship. Or they, I don't know if it will go long or not, I guess. We're still early. We're still in the fake part, so it's hard to <laughs> say. But I thought that it was good. And also, it was 
exciting. I don't know. It just, like, the cute way that she was smiling while looking at the photos and then being like, oh, it's, what's wrong with me? I'm so innocent. I got it. Because when they were doing the photo shoot, I was like, oh, this is adorable. I was, like, grinning from ear to ear. And then afterward, I was like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I handle this like an adult? Because <laughs> you're the same. So innocent in passion. Yes. So innocent. And it's built on a misunderstanding, so I feel like it's going to continue for a little while. Because he can't really ask her out when he thinks she's got a secret girlfriend. Yes, that she's just with because she wants her money. <laughs> Hilarious. Weird. Hilarious. We'll see what happens. I am excited for the next four episodes. I'm a little disappointed in Vicky because their description of the show said everything changes when Ryan Gold figures out that she's a fangirl. And I don't think you need to put in the description of a show something that doesn't happen for the first four episodes. Right, like when everything changes. It's like, well, well, I'll be counting on that for who knows how long. Yeah, if it happens, I don't know. First four seems like a good point for me. Maybe that's just because you and I do everything by four episodes. I'm like, first four is the foundation, the layout of the show. You got to pick your description based on that. You can't be like, in episode 10, he finds out her deepest, darkest <laughs> secret. Like, oh, that's kind of a minute in, don't you think? Isn't that a spoiler at that point? They're like, nope, but let me tell you how it changes everything. So listen, <laughs> he too is a huge fan boy. Stop spoiling the whole <laughs> show. I don't know. I was frustrated. I think that's a weird choice. Yeah. But, you know, let's get nitpicky. I we have, have a podcast. I had for sure forgotten. <laughs> I was just like, I wonder <laughs> how long this will go for. It's just because I kept waiting for it, I guess. Yeah. I kind of, I think that's something good that's in the corner of the brother boyfriend, which oh, we haven't even gotten to that shit, but <laughs> I'll finish this one first. Uh, something that is in his corner as far as me appreciating where he's coming from in wanting to be with her is that he does know her very completely, mm -hmm. including her obsession, and he still loves her. And that's why I like when all of the dirty laundry is aired, uh, so that they can grow together knowing each other's uh, least appealing, quote-unquote, least appealing qualities. That's fair. That's a point in his corner. Counterpoint. <laughs> <laughs> Similar to Encounter. Uh, sorry, I keep bringing it up. I don't like when there's someone who's known a person for a really long time and a long pro portion of their adult lives especially and they never make a move they just think I don't know maybe they don't realize that they have liked their best friend in that kind of way but it's just waiting until someone else asks them out or decides to fake date them to be like hey why didn't you fake date me like I, I could have been your boyfriend He's like, dating. obviously she's going to laugh in your face. Yes, that was a cruel moment, but... Yeah, but like... What else was she going to do? You're her brother, so... Yeah, also, also counterpoint to my original point, he was raised as her brother. Yeah, mm, I, yeah. I mean, they haven't really defined that. I think he moved in after she moved out. I think he lives in her old bedroom. I don't really get that. I mean, 
think he was raised by her parents. It's That's what it seems like, right? When they were kids, yeah. I'm pretty sure his mom worked and financially supported the family that was taking care of her son. Okay. That's the impression I got, but then, like, where did he sleep? I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter. It's just, yeah. It's hard. I can see why you wouldn't make your move if you're like, I've always been your brother. Uh, I thought that would kind of make things weird. But I feel like you just gotta make things weird if you're gonna like someone. If you're gonna make it weird, you gotta make it all the way weird. You can't just make it weird when they get a boyfriend and be like, but I was always here. Like, well, yeah, you were. You didn't say a thing. Doing nothing. I don't know. I just hate second leads. They make my heart hurt because usually they're either a waste of time or they're such a better fit. Kind of like you were saying with your first point. It's like, yeah, right now he's just a really good fit. If they dated, things would be peachy keen. Uh, So why should I vote for the lead? And then as the show goes on, you like the lead way more and he becomes way better. And you're like, why did you even include a second lead? Now he's just heartbroken and I'm heartbroken because I know him really well. Yeah, I grew to love him. He's my son. You hurt my son. You hurt my son. You hurt my feelings. Yeah, yep. I don't like second leads much either. Any kind of love triangle is always hard for me. Mm Mm-hmm. We'll see how it goes, I guess. Yeah, I feel like in general I like him. He seems like a likable guy. Except when he pressed the SOS on that kid's bracelet as a dark moment. That was pretty fucked up, though. (laughs) For real, buddy. You can't do that. You can't do that. When she was telling him how fucked up it was, too, and he... I think he got it, but also, like, you did it in the first place. How much do you get it? How much do you get it? Uh, Big dumb dummy. Big dumb dummy? Oh, poor, <laughs> poor girl. Uh, well, what else? That's it for me. I really just want to go watch it. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. That's what that long silence was. I don't know if that'll get edited <laughs> into a short silence, but... It will. I edit all our silences out because we talk so slowly. We do. Oh, God, we do. There's so many pauses. Why do we do that? I don't know. I think it's a Southwestern thing, as far as I can tell. In an American accent, I've heard Americans are some of the slowest English speakers, at least. Yeah. That's why most people can understand our accents. Yeah. Because they speak slowly. We're the slowest of the slow. We're the southwestern of the of the slow people. Slow talkers. Hopefully our podcast is enjoyable to listen to. Hopefully it's an easy way to study English. Uh, but I have started trying to edit the silences out so it's not 65 minutes long (laughs) when it's only a 40 minute episode (laughs) um yeah so that short silence was us thinking about going to go watch more episodes we're gonna go do it we've got that uh bookend so (laughs) you can boop boop at us uh through our email if you want to talk more about what you think of the episodes if you want to just yeah talk it out or uh if you want to recommend a k-drama that's kind of that kind of comes later this is pretty early on in the in the eps but like any time we're happy to take recommendations and that email is playonkpodcast at gmail.com if you want to keep it short and sweet you can hit us up on twitter we are at playonk if you want to just give us a hey 
Tell us you're listening. Yeah, we have our website as well that you can comment on episodes. Oh, did I cut you off before you could say... Oh, you said at Play on Cake. Got it. Nailed it. Awesome. Oh, good. I'm so glad that I've done this already. Uh, so, anyway, our website is playonk.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. That's where we uh, just announce when we're starting a new K-drama or any other pertinent news. Usually pretty much just when we're starting a new K-drama. Maybe news will happen in the future. Um, and... Yeah. Yeah. And then we are on iTunes. We're under the podcasts. We're called Play on K. And there you can leave a review or rate and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And that's it. That's it. Thanks, James Hevel, for our beautiful, wonderful theme song. You're amazing. We love you and we love the song. We love you. Thank you. Uh, Join us next week for the next four episodes of Her Private Life. K-bye. K-bye. Pause.